Welcome to today's episode of The Power of Reinvention. Here we talk with my guests about the dreams, the visions, and the passions that individuals have every day and dare to explore them. Whether it's business or personal, you're entitled to live the life that you want, and no matter what the circumstances, you have the power to create success, fulfill your dreams, and live with passion. That's what I'm talking about. So dare greatly and happy reinventing, folks. Welcome to the Power of Reinvention, everybody. I'm super excited. My guest today is Greg Kahn. He is the CEO of GK Digital Ventures. We have so much ground to cover, Greg. I'm so just, you know, excited that we've finally been able to do this. And uh, for those who don't know, I launched this podcast on the back of the book, Reinvent Your Life. What are you waiting for? Which is quite a special week. I am celebrating a three-year anniversary of the launch of my book, which, you know, ironically came out the week before the pandemic sent everybody home on March 17th, 2020. My pub date was March 7th, and I had to reinvent my entire book launch strategy postpone and cancel all of the events that were planned and the book launch, the book tour, all of that. So we took everything digital. We went online. We started doing virtual chats. Um, We were doing three a week at the time and then went into ultimately one a week when everybody was finally going back outside again and now do virtual chats once a month. But I launched the podcast about just over a year ago. So I have interviewed thousands of incredible people over the last three years talking about all kinds of reinventions, big and small, personal and business, all parts of people's lives. And there has never been a better time to be having this conversation. It's part of everybody's life and world. And I think everybody's been given a chance to really pause and reflect on what they're doing and how they're doing it. And the irony of writing a book on reinventing your life was not lost on me in all of this. So I'm delighted to be able to have you here today, Greg, to be able to have a conversation about all the incredible things that you've been doing in your business life and maybe some of your personal life as well. But really just, you know, you've gone through so many incarnations of your business career and it's a really exciting time. So I'm going to give a little bit of your background and then we're going to delve into this conversation. Sound good? Sounds great. Fantastic. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Greg is a catalytic force in the technology, media, and entertainment industries, renowned for connecting innovators with investors, growing brands, and driving billions of dollars in transactional deals. He's a 2020 recipient of the CEO World's Business Role Model of the Year. He's also a former award-winning executive at the Meredith Corporation and Publicist Group. Um, He's also worked with some incredible companies over the years, advising, putting partnerships, deals together, such as Verizon, Comcast, T-Mobile, MasterCard, Disney, Procter & Gamble, Nestle, ADT Security, LG Electronics, Cox, Whirlpool, Bank of America, and goodness knows, the list goes on and on, but I think you get the gist of the world he's been playing in. He's passionate about creating a world of ethical connections, both human and through technology, and he's a founding member of the Gun Safety Alliance and the Internet of Things Consortium, as well as a member of the Emma Bowen Foundation and Guggenheim Technology and Innovation Council 
and an executive committee member of the UJA Federation of New York's Entertainment, Media, and Communications Division. And there is so much more, but we're going to talk about this real time. I just wanted to give some context to all that you have done in this incredible period of your life. So having just gotten off a plane, what, two days ago or something from the Mobile World Congress? (laughs) Yes, exactly. Hopefully hopefully it doesn't show, my friend. No, not at all. And you know what? It's amazing. We were just talking about the fact, you know, with Super Bowl and NBA All-Stars and South by Southwest coming up. And, you know, those of us in our industry right now are just in nonstop travel mode. I think we love it. There's a lot of pent up, you know, desire to be connecting with people again. So let's kind of start off with what that was like for you to not be on the road, to not be connecting. I think you and I both have made a living out of really our connections, our relationships, our passion for creating, you know, two plus two to equal a hundred plus, plus, plus. So how was that for you in the last three years? Well, it's a a testament to, to resilience, my friend. I think um, it was very challenging to, to be, uh, doing what we all did via Zoom um, and to attempt to foster the relationships to, you know, build partnerships and, and to get investment um, from these these computer screens. You know, it's kind of it was an interesting tension because I, I work in the intersection of technology, media and advertising. Right. And in some ways, COVID, you know, facilitated the advance of a lot of technology, particularly Zoom was one of those areas in, in connectivity that really grew through the pandemic. But on, on the other level, it actually hindered a lot of what could be done in terms of the advancement of, of technology, because just just um, as one small example, you know, you couldn't have service workers come to your home during the initial phases of, of COVID. So folks that used to install equipment didn't have that capability to do so. So there were areas that grew and there were areas that were, were hindered on more of a personal um, level. I love being around people and I love experiencing um, technology. So it was, it was very challenging to be home during that time period. Um, I live in, in Northern New Jersey, right outside of New York. And we were greatly, greatly affected for almost 18 months from the pandemic. And so it required you know, real sort of digging deep and, and resilience to to um, continue running my businesses during that that period of time with two kids and two dogs and a, and a wife home. It was uh, it was an adventure, <laughs> Kathy. You know, it's extraordinary, and I'm going to kind of revert to a question I typically start a conversation or an interview with, which is, and you mentioned kids, so. Who was little Greg when you were growing up? Did you have any idea what you wanted to be doing with your life, with your business, with your world? Like, you know, are you anywhere close to what you imagined? Oh, goodness, Kathy, if, if you talk to my my friends growing up and my, my best friend is still one of 50 years, you know, everybody knew me as as the kid who wanted to run a own and operate a movie studio was sort of my really? my. I was an enormous film aficionado, um, a kid that would um, not only watch and, and absorb every film that I could, but I would scour the papers and I was fascinated by the statistics of a film and how box office was performing. And so I would say, no, not at all. I'm not not doing 
what I thought as a little kid um, that I would be creating and distributing movies um, globally. Uh, but I did spend the first 10 years of my career in film and television. So I did have a piece of that uh, a little bit later than the kid uh, version. But, um, yeah. but, but what I'm doing today is quite different than I think what I imagined um, back as a kid in Piscataway, New Jersey. You know, it's funny. It's interesting. I think, you know, we play in a space, you and I, with media, technology, content, the crossroads of brands. You know, you're not that far off from what's possible in the space, you know, where technology is driving platforms, streaming, content is king, and that is what's feeding the soul of all of these platforms and media and technology. And you look at the metaverse and, you know, all of the different um, directions that are connected to what you're doing that, you know, there's, there's always another chapter. There's always a reinvention, you know, this could be a little, you know, become a little stayed for you in the next couple of years, but you know, there's always those people in the room with us now, whether we're in Cannes, whether we're at an advertising marketing conference, whether we're at South by Southwest, right? You've got your studios, your content players, your streamers, your technology applications. I mean, everybody in the digital space somehow, some way is in the content business or needs the content. So you may not be as far off from it as you think. A slight pivot to the right and who knows what you'll be doing. There you go. There you go. There's, there's always next week. There's always, hey, you know, we're talking reinvention here, my friend. Anything is possible and it is never too late. So, you know, that's the beauty of it. So you spent years in the corporate world, right? And, you know, many of our listeners straddle the corporate side, the entrepreneurial side. People are yearning for a way to do what they're passionate about and to do what they love. What was that moment for you? What was that aha moment, as I like to call them, when you realized that it was time to go out on your own, to leave that corporate environment? Was this something you always aspired to do or was it just a moment in time? Can you speak a little to that sort of journey for yourself? Of course. And I'm going to take a half a step back from that back to your question around film, which is the first time that I was an entrepreneur. So, Kathy, I was in grad school at UCLA the first time that most of us can remember the economy plummeting, the dot-com bust, as it were, 2000 to 2002. And I sort of mentioned I left a job at Viacom at at Showtime to go back to school with the intention of being in the film industry. And the market plummeted at that point. And, uh, you know, the entertainment and the tech sector um, uh, really sort of crashed. And so at that moment, was the first time that I became an entrepreneur with two film ventures. Um, I started the first virtual film school in the world called Global Film School with Hollywood Talent. Nice. was the first venture. And the second venture, I created a business around film festivals nationwide where I aggregated all the audience data and sold that data back to producers and distributors, a company called FilmBuzz. And I share that because prior to reentering corporate America – I had spent, you know, the better part of five years um, pitching VCs and doing everything one needs to do to run two different companies. Mm -hmm. And so I was um, already an entrepreneur sort of in the early to mid stage of my career. I then went back to to corporate. I I pivoted uh, and spent the next 10 years of my career in advertising and publishing 
And Kathy, I always get a, a little bit of a 10-year itch. So, you know, <laughs> a, after 10 years in, in advertising and, and publishing and, and coming from the content side, I wanted to better understand how to monetize that content, i.e. advertising, if not subscription. And so I spent the better part of 10 years with some phenomenal brands and marketeers and and also with the folks that became the leaders of the Web 2.0 movement. So all the social networks that were mm-hmm. starting in that period of time. 10 years later, and here I was at Meredith Corporation running digital revenue, um, essentially what what happened was the beginning of the FANG companies, the Facebook and Amazon and Apple and and Netflix and Google, uh, you know, starting to to launch hardware. And if you remember back, you know, around the 2013 uh, era is when we started to talk about IoT and digital speakers and, you know, smart speakers and digital assistants and those types of things. And I realized if I, if I wanted to do what I really set out to do, um, I needed to understand this, this deep technology. And so I left Meredith and uh, I started on the next 10 years of, of my journey and reinvention. But I think to go back to your question about what was the pivot point is that I vote, I'm either an entrepreneur or an intrapreneur at, at those period of time. So I, I, I had the confidence that I could do it, not knowing exactly what it would transpire what, what well, ultimately I don't think would, anybody would knew become. i think you know that that was the wild west of the iot phase right like really very i much. think a lot of people really very, very knew much. what they were doing so you could all be you know <laughs> kind of not knowing together. together that's right that's right but but it you know it it was um it was a real culture shock i think every every part of my career there's always been a little bit of uh I'm jumping into the unknown and a network that I don't know and, and, um, terrific, you know, executives, but from very different backgrounds that you somewhat feel you're a little bit of an outsider in the case of the IOT phase that those 10 years is I spent a lot of time with engineers and and folks in Silicon Valley and, and I'm not an engineer by trade, you know, I have a business background. And so, you know, it was, it was always, um, drinking from a fire hose and learning everything that I could learn and, and just having the confidence that I could put it together, but to be, you know, humble enough to know what I knew and what I didn't know, and um, and to really learn from the experts and, yeah. and gather as many peers as I could to be part of what I was building, and um, and that served me me well. And today, I, I uh, I'll talk more about what I'm doing today, but it's it's really that intersection of technology, media, and advertising. So back to the film side. I, I actually am interfacing with a lot of, you know, film producers again and content owners. And it's, it's really fun, Kathy. Yeah, no, I, I love that for you. And I've been watching from the sidelines for so many years. I remember actually when we very first met, and I don't know if you do, we were at CS, CES, we were at an event at um, the restaurant, I think it was called Peroni's or Perini's or something it was like a cocktail party. We were standing near the bar and we started talking. And I think that was the first time we met. You were at Meredith at the time. Um, and yeah, that digital content space, which was, you know, at the time, think about it, we were at the Consumer Electronics Show and content was really just starting to be relevant to that technology conversation, which is now the two can't live without each other, really. Right. So it's, it's incredible how much change can happen in one decade. And, you know, Kathy, just just wait until what's coming the, the next decade ahead, because, you know, the 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 genie is out of the bottle in terms of 
you know, artificial intelligence and web three and, um, you know, fortunate to travel the globe and see not only what's happening here, but to see what's happening in both established and emerging, uh, in emerging economy. It's, it is fascinating where we're heading. So that being said, you know, you're just coming off a trip to Mobile World Congress where you would have seen so much in that space. And for those who don't know, this is really where I think what the technical digital telecom world really is on the global stage. Um, what were some of the interesting findings that you, you know, especially knowing as much as you do, what really got your attention or what, what are you just so excited to start delving into? that's coming down the pipe. Yeah, it was interesting um, sharing this on the heels of a conference that's called Mobile World Congress. But I think one of the, the real ahas for me, Kathy, is that in, let's call it five to seven years time, we'll stop talking about the mobile device as the primary device. It will be one of many devices that we are all using, but it will not be the primary one that we're, we're using um, today. There will be many others um, that are part of it. The, the aha piece comes in um, from Mobile World, which is that several uh, individuals I spoke with that um, either are at major corporations or are building entrepreneurial businesses spoke about the uh, evolution of devices becoming closer to the human senses. So what does that mean in in, in plain language? It means that you're going to see devices. The, 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 the example I think that folks can really relate to today is AirPods being in your, your AirPod Pros being in your ears. But, you know, as we think about um, devices that are closer to your eyes, your nose, your mouth, your, your hands, all the five senses is that they'll almost become extensions of our bodies. And so the creativity that comes out of that, the connectivity that comes of that, out of that is going to be fascinating um, but if you think about, you know, where we've, it's, it's been incredible to watch the evolution of the, the smartphone. Now it's a computer in your pocket and so much more, but it's also limiting Kathy in the extent that it's very distracting and it sort of takes you out of whatever it is that you're mm-hmm. trying to do, whether we're having this conversation or whether I'm walking across the street or I'm in a meeting, you know, taking out your phone is, is really distracting. Um, and sometimes it, you know, there's a safety element to it as well. Um, but when you start to think about the evolution of where things are heading and, you know, there, there, anytime there's new technology, it takes a decade or more for it to really, you know, uh, cultivate and to become enhanced and, and to have more usability. So, you know, when we talk about the metaverse and everybody says, I'll never put on one of those head mounted displays, they're getting lighter they're getting more powerful. The resolution is getting better. The battery life is getting longer. And ultimately, it will just be part of your glasses or your ski goggles or whatever it is that you you generally wear. And that's pretty powerful and exciting to think about, sort of how, do, how will we communicate? How will it enhance our work lives, our play lives? Um, so that was, you know, really the aha coming out of, you know, mobile world. I think the other piece is that, what I see, and I do work with consumer brands, and I also do a lot of work with enterprise and industrial, and there's very different markets. And I think sometimes there's technology that transcends both, and there's some some technologies which 
you know, or is, is more usable in one, one area than, than the other. And, you know, one of the examples I use of the past couple of years is Kathy QR codes, which have been around for decades and decades and decades became the thing during COVID and on restaurant menus and TV yeah, commercials it was, it was and whatnot. Crazy to witness the comeback of QR codes. But, but QR codes have also been used for supply chain and, and other, uh, you know, retail, back-end retail for many, many, many years. It just didn't have that same kind of consumer application. And so, you know, there, there are areas that I'm looking at today that are including the metaverse, which are being widely used in industrial and healthcare and manufacturing. And it hasn't crossed the chasm of consumer. And then there are others where you take a look at things like the generative artificial intelligence Chat GPT is an example, whereas really the consumer bug has has definitely already occurred, and and it's um, you can see how companies are quickly trying to pivot to meet that moment. So it's fascinating to to see what happens around the, the world, um, and you know I'm, I, I feel very humbled to be part of build, building the the future industries. You know, it's interesting. You talk about consumer brands, and I think that's a really fascinating um, case study in how we're seeing the impact, right, of technology and how we connect with brands, how we as consumers actually buy, consume, experience brands in the world. And, you know, I live in a world where we produce live experiential events and we create content and digital campaigns for clients. And it's all important. It's all value for the brand to engage in different areas. But are you seeing a bit more of a leaning? I mean, we, you know, I feel like there's always a pendulum swinging one way, back to the other, came out of COVID, everybody's craving connection. Once again, we can have these experiential live touring events and shows and and getting people together, um, but they don't have to be mutually exclusive. But are you seeing a world in which, and especially with things like holograms and technology that will enable us to sort of immerse ourselves, the metaverse being a great example of that, but is the metaverse taking us out of real world, touchy feely things? How do the brands feel about playing in that space versus, no, let's physically get people in a room. I want them to touch it, feel it, smell it, learn how to use it, buy it. You know, what what are you seeing happening for consumer brands in that regard? Yeah. Kathy, I think one of the misnomers of the metaverse is that it equates to virtual reality, which is mm. the metaverse encompasses a lot of different things. And, and what I'm most bullish on is mixed reality. So it's really about how physical and digital work together. Yeah. And um, I think we're seeing you and I were chatting right before uh, this podcast about the fact that people want to get out and be with one another. And and if there was ever a moment post covid where it was really going to change, you know, sporting uh, events or concerts or business summits, that would have happened. And the, the you could see just by the numbers of folks that are getting out back into malls. Um, and, and just traveling and looking for new experiences that, no, we're not all going to be sitting here in, in uh, you know, Ready Player One and, and, and pretending we're in, a, in, in, in just a, uh, you know, some sort of virtual um, world. There are contexts for that where it makes a lot of sense. And I mentioned kind of the education and training and other areas. Mental health is one that's, that's really, really big mm-hmm. about sort of envisioning that you're in a place that you might not be able to be in. But the, the, the really where the moment is and where the moment for brands 
are is is how do you combine the physical and the digital? How do you take the best of what you've created from physical and enhance it, um, both from a connectivity standpoint and an engagement standpoint? There are times where folks can't travel. So if you can still be part of that experience, you know, digitally, um, if you can enhance the experience that you had physically when you go home digitally, you know, those are elements that, that I'm really seeing come to, to life. And the other piece I'll say in, on, on Web3, and there's a lot of conversation around the, the buzzword of, of Web3, but, but breaking it down is that the ability for an individual to, be, to create and own their asset and be able to trade their own asset digitally yeah, uh, and combine that with a physical element is really powerful. So if you could create your own ticket to the next event that you go to right. and have it serve as some sort of a digital collectible that you can then own that asset, trade it as you, as you're, you're willing to, but still gain the benefit of a physical experience. It's one plus one equals three. And I think that's where it's really exciting to, to where we're heading. Just to, just to click back on your question about brands is that I think, you know, what brands have to really think about in this space is that it's not either or it's, it's and right. And I think that, you know, if you, if you look at say a platform like a TikTok or a YouTube, I mean, those are digital platforms, but it doesn't mean that individuals aren't filming things in real life, in physical contexts, and then putting them on digital platforms. So it's, they work together. It's not one against the, the other and how brands authentically play in that in that paradigm is um, is a fascinating place to to to, to think about. Um, and what new brands will emerge is the other piece to this too. Is it's yeah. there's this natural tension between existing brands that hope to continue their legacy and new brands that are that are emerging. You know, I love that you say that because every time I look at some of these big events going on, marketing, media, advertising, you know, any of these industry things that we go to when you start to look at the speakers and who's on the panels and who and and you're seeing more brands whose names of companies you may not recognize as much as the sort of tried and true consumer brands, no matter what the industry and category. And it is just such, you know, really supports what you're saying that the the rise of new companies as brands that are really integral to what we're doing to build this sort of machine of business and life that we live are really surfacing. And for those who aren't in this every single day, they're not household brands and we might all recognize that we're, you know, buying in the market and putting on our, you know, driving around and all of that. These are companies that are really leading the pack in innovation and technology. And it's so exciting. I know, you know, you're in it every day. We're, you know, touching on it in a lot of fascinating ways and trying to bring the two together and understanding what's possible with technology and innovation and how to sort of marry what traditional brands could be doing with that level of innovation makes what we do in our businesses so exciting. It does, Kathy. And I want to just, you could, I'll give one example of a company that's really emerged in the last decade uh, is Peloton. And mm-hmm. so if you think about, you know, a brand that didn't exist yep. and one that revolutionized the fitness industry and, you know, now it, it has a different set of challenges, but 
it, it didn't didn't exist, you know, two decades ago. And and so you think about the relevance of that brand today, and and many others, Tesla, and and many 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 others, yeah. and that are that are you know a hybrid of technology and content. Um, and and it's it's fascinating to see how when a brand becomes part of the cultural moment, the cultural movement. Um, you know, how, how, you know, all bets are off and, and sort of can not only disrupt, you know, uh, certain companies, but an entire industry. And, uh, those are two examples, you know, of, of Tesla in the auto business and, and Peloton in the fitness business of brands that if we were, you know, Kathy, two decades ago on stages, we would never see anyone. And so I think that the, the lesson is, is that, you know, we, we both do a lot of conferences is, is to, offer more slots to some of those newer companies that um, have stories to tell because they will become the next Teslas and Pelotons in five to seven years time. And it's exciting to, to hear sort of the balance of how traditional companies are thinking about, you know, continuing their, their life and their relevancy and how newer companies are, are disrupting. I think both are equally as important to, to, uh, to share with our audiences. Yeah, no, it's, it's fascinating. Really. Um, You're on your way to South by Southwest. And as is everybody yeah. in our industry at the moment, what do you think is going to be new, interesting? What are you looking for coming out of that? Um, what, what's sort of sparking your interest there? Yeah, um, to me, South by is the best festival for culture and technology, yeah. culture meeting technology. So I think in particular, um, I'm looking to see the conversation around generative AI and all of its applications and how that is going to impact the creative industries. Um, I think it's going to open up a lot more opportunity to be creative. It's also going to open up a host of different challenges around trust mm. and accuracy and guardrails. So I think just that conversation about that moment of how this new application of artificial intelligence is going to change music and film and fashion and retail um, is going to be fascinating. And to see sort of how our, our political um, economy sort of rallies around it. You know, the other pieces I've been doing a lot more work with the Middle East lately. And um, mm. so I'm hosting a dinner with um, the, the um, Saudi Arabian venture Tonamis, which is part of Neom. And, you know, one of the things that I'm really interested in at South by Southwest and a continuation of this conversation I've been having at CES and Mobile World, which is if you could create an entire new society uh, here on Earth, not just on Mars or on the moon, what would you do? How would we how would we feed the next 10 billion people um, that are on this this Earth? Where would they live? How would they travel? Um, How would they transact in terms of of commerce? And so that's that's a conversation that we'll be having as as well is that there are parts all over the world, not just in the Middle East, where less developed countries, if you look at Africa and if you look at certain places in Asia that are just emerging, that they're they're creating entire new cities and entire new regions and reimagining what an airport can look like or what wow. a co-working space could look like. It's it's really fascinating. So so Kathy, that's that's a, a series of conversations I'm gonna have down in, in Austin as well. I love that. I can't wait to hear more about that. And I'll have to touch base with you and 
hear more about what that what that was all about. Um, and it is intriguing. I mean, the whole AI, you know, addition to the conversations and, and really the impact that that's already having, I think, is being very quickly adopted and explored and integrated. And it is fascinating. It's hard. It's hard for us to keep up with everything that's going on. But that's why these conversations are fun and important. And if nothing else, you know, our audience here is like hearing something that they want to click into a little bit further, that they want to tap into and explore more. You know, that's what I want to encourage. I think that, you know, so many people get to a point in their life, in their careers, in, in wherever they're at. And they're curious, but they are not pursuing the things that they might lean into a little bit more. And so I love to encourage that people really think about that. And um, you've been really good at sort of keeping your eyes open, being curious, leaning into things. Um, is there something on your bucket list that is sort of that holy grail? You said the film, the film studio and that whole industry, is that something that is still on the horizon or are there things now that have come into your sphere that you think might be that next reinvention, that next aha moment or incarnation of what you're doing? Well, I always have a passion for film, Kathy. So that's, that will always be, you know, in, in later in life, there will be plenty of opportunity to produce and, and be part of that space. There's a lot on my bucket list. I, I think just the, the spirit of adventure and, and things that I want to um, just really experience in the next couple of decades to, to come business wise and, and personal wise is that I still um, plan on, on many decades to come. So uh, looking for just creating new experiences with, with dynamic individuals like yourself and, uh, yes. And, um, no, I think we're at a really interesting point of, of time in, in our society, in our life where, you know, back to that, what's on the bucket list is I think there are two directions outside of earth that we can go, we can go into the water and start to build and create, you know, Mm -hmm. 75% approximately of the earth's surface is water. And so what can you do when you dream about what could be built or developed or explored in that? And then the whole notion of outer space and, and sort of building up there. And I'm equally as, as intrigued and curious about um, both of those areas. Some more to come, but maybe there'll be some you know, scuba dives and some space shuttles in my future. I <laughs> love that. So uh, before we wrap up, I have a fun question. That was such a good segue. If you were to have a dinner party and could have three or four really fascinating people at the table that just really you would love to break bread and have a glass of wine with, who might that be? I love that question. So I'll start first back to my film, uh, Love, is Steven Spielberg would be mm. number one. And, you know, he is someone who's transformed himself continually in every genre, Kathy. And yeah. so what we knew about him in the seventies to what he's, he's been able to, to develop today is, is, um, incredible. And he's also my perspective, um, if not the best, certainly one of the top storytellers in, in the world. And I think everybody can learn about storytelling and I'd love to just understand how he approaches storytelling. So he would be number one, yeah. um, Elon Musk would be a second one. I think someone I, I consider him to be, you know, the Thomas Edison of our generation. Yeah, he's really dared to and dream. He's dared to dream and, and execute. And I think that, um, you know, he's, he's, he's polarizing in a lot of different ways, but he has, I've, I've been in the electric vehicle space for about a decade and 
you know, he's almost single-handedly, um, you know, sparked that industry and space travel and, and the like. So he would be a second. And the third, I would say Satya Nadella from Microsoft. And, and what's, what's interesting about Satya is that he's taken a back to, to brands and, and companies, you know, that have, um, been very successful, but maybe were a little stodgy and needed a little bit of reinvention. And I think he has completely reinvented what Microsoft is and made it incredibly relevant and vibrant today. And you're seeing that even with, with um, ChatGPT and sort of the, the movement to artificial intelligence you're seeing with his push in gaming, um, that he's really a visionary, but understands how to work with very complex teams uh, on a global um, basis. And I, and he's seems like a cool guy. So yeah. I think that uh, I'd love, love to sit down with as well. I would love to join you. I'm just fascinated by all of those people and I think make it for a very, very interesting dinner party. So we'll I have to see it. what we can do to organize that. Um, Greg, I so appreciate you being on the show today. I know there was so much more for us to talk about and share, and I can't wait to hear about your thoughts on South by when you get back, um, and just continue the conversation and explore business together. And I'm just so grateful for you being here. I would encourage anybody who wants to learn more about what Greg is doing, um, when GK Ventures is digital ventures is doing, please take a look at his LinkedIn profile and connect with Greg and we'll make sure it's in the show notes. People know how to reach you and just thank you for being a part of the show. I really appreciate the conversation and you and, you know, just being able to have this. Thank you, Kathy, for having me on. I look forward to seeing you very soon. And you will have a great day, everybody, and happy reinventing. Thanks for listening to the power of reinvention. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Wouldn't mind a five-star review. It would be greatly appreciated. Also, be sure to visit thereinventionexchange.com to share your reinvention stories, suggest a guest, join the newsletter mailing list, get access to my book, which is called Reinvent Your Life, What Are You Waiting For?, and discover fantastic bonus content with my blogs, and listen in to the Reinvention Virtual Chat series. Don't forget to join me next week for another episode. Please share with a friend and thank you for listening. Happy reinventing.